Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am here as always with Dan. How's it going, Dan? Hey, the guys. How's it going? This is Daniel Moggett. Glad to be here with you guys right now for another great program. And uh, life is wonderful, although I'm currently under quarantine and uh, we have to deal with a lot of issues that come with it. Uh, but overall, yeah. life's pretty much uh, been OK. I'm trying my very best to stay as productive as possible uh, during uh, these days. Even though we, we have fewer business inquiries, uh, we still try to you know, keep afloat and do our very best to make the most of our time despite mm -hmm. uh, the quarantine and all the issues that have basically arisen by uh, this coronavirus. So we're working our very best. And the, uh, right now, we're currently operational in two countries. Uh, unfortunately, we had to shut down our business in a couple of countries temporarily to wait to see what happens. And I'm pretty sure it's a temporary issue. So probably there will be no major uh, problems online. And uh, life is wonderful. Glad to be here with the guys and with our wonderful listeners. Amazing. That's good. And yeah, it's it's a uh, tough times. Uh, so we have to adjust a little bit, but I'm sure uh, with with your effort and dedication, I'll be fine uh, as always. For sure, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. And so we're talking today. It's quite a relevant topic in a so one degree of freedom uh, away from the main topic being coronavirus nowadays for everybody in everybody's mind and the media and everywhere. So the, the topic that we're going to tackle is that how would you fix the economy? And we wanted to talk about this subject way before this whole thing. Um, it, yeah, in a different uh, uh, light. But now, obviously, it's a little bit uh, going to be uh, bent towards the, the conversation around the world. Obviously, this whole world being shut down in a sense or at least slowed down uh, will have a major impact or did already have some major impacts on the economy and will continue to do so. So the question is, how would you fix it? How would you bring it around? Uh, should we be worried? Is it going to be uh, years and years of hard work? Is it going to be decades? Is it going to be months? How, what are our predictions and what are our suggestions? Well, what do you, what do you, what we think we should do? So that's the topic. And I mean, I, I, honestly, there's no easy questions to ask. But first of all, I'm going to uh, ask you to estimate how severe, I mean, I know it depends on how this thing, how long this thing goes, but how severe do you think the impact has been and will be uh, after for uh, after all of this is done and dusted? That's right, of course. Uh, first of all, when it comes to the economy, there are certain issues that are fundamental and that have nothing to do with an actual, you know, let's say a pandemic or a, a you know, specific, you know, crisis. These are fundamental issues. Now, for example, if an economy is so much heavily dependent on, let's say, oil, that's a fundamental issue, obviously. So that's something else. Today, we're mainly focused on uh, the whole uh, crisis that has affected the economy around the world. That is a serious problem, I know. And uh, a lot of people are now worried because uh, all of a sudden, especially you know, in the U.S., for example, we had this major boost in the economy and for years, almost three years. And all of a sudden, we are seeing like 3.3 million people apply for unemployment. I mean, that's just really incredible when you think about, you know, how things could rapidly change because of one pandemic. So right now, people are worried. They're saying like, oh, my goodness. I just lost my job or my company just, you know, called me and said, you don't have to come to work or uh, this is work, you know, uh, remotely, but then there's no real project to do. And all of these things. So panic right now is everywhere. People are asking, so what will happen to the economy? Will we just see another major crash? Now, here there's a good news and a bad news. The bad news is, unfortunately, this economic crisis is predicted to be as severe as the Great Depression, which uh, basically, uh, probably if you know history, understand how tough it was for all basically people around the world. So will this economic uh, basically recession be serious? Yes. 
Is this going to cause a lot of problem, uh, massive unemployment and major issues? Yes, we can already see this happening. Just think about this right now. As of now, a lot of airlines are not working. Many businesses are not operational. And trust me, most businesses are merely months away from bankruptcy. So if they cannot make, you know, make the payments, then obviously they simply lose their business. And because of this, we will see a massive, massive damage all across the globe. This is not just about the U.S. or Canada or any other country. This is globally like this. And for this reason, unfortunately, this crisis is supposed to be one of the worst uh, in the recent memory. So if you think about like, you know, the 2007, 2008 uh, economic crisis, uh, which was the, in the mortgage crisis, if you remember, uh, this is like nothing compared to that one, because this one is actually cyclical in nature, and it is supposed to really shake the economies around the world. So the problem here is, yes, this economy that we are currently dealing with will probably be severely hit by myriad uh, factors, be it, uh, you know, the uh, uh, fight that is currently occurring in OPEC between Saudi Arabia and Russia. At the same time, we have coronavirus, which has almost brought business to a complete halt in many countries around the world. And then you have, of course, the other issues that will follow up because in the economy, it's kind of like, you know, things are always linked. So if you see a massive number of people are actually getting laid off, this is not just about those people. The economy is about all of us. So when one sector gets damaged, all sectors are now affected, basically. And this is going to create a, uh, you know, uh, basically serious impact all across the world. So that is the bad news. And we must be ready for it because it is coming. And uh, quite frankly speaking, we actually predict this one. I myself actually on social media, I actually made a post about this a while back. And uh, even we discussed this issue in one of our podcasts about the fact that 2020 and 2021 were expected by many economists to be a tough year for everyone. So we knew that. And it's already here. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is, is it the end? There's no way out of it? No, of course not. Because even the Great Depression was something actually we got out of. And because of that, now we are seeing a far better situation and we're seeing a lot of improvements occurring because of uh, basically the knowledge about this matter. So uh, since we're now in a different era, this is no longer the 20th century. We are right now at the beginning of the 21st century. I believe that well, given the fact that we have a lot of advantages, we can overcome this crisis much better than the Great Depression. However, there's going to be, of course, a lot of tips and hints on how personally we can actually uh, protect ourselves, because when it comes to economic crisis, there are two major solutions. What could individuals do to protect themselves during these tough times? And what could governments do to somehow boost the economy in the long term and make sure people get back to work? And hopefully we're going to discuss both in this program. Excellent. So, sounds good. So let's uh, let's start actually with the latter, like uh, in terms of way, like a, a system as a whole. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. So you mentioned that uh, uh, the comparison of this day to, for example, the Great Depression, and I don't know if the the damage will be as bad. Let's say it is. The question is. So the first thing that pops to my mind, and this is completely intuitive. I have no idea. I have not studied economy that deep. I don't know, but intuitively, um, it feels like we have a better infrastructure with technology, internet, et cetera, et cetera. So, for example, if this pandemic happened during, uh, which it did in 1916, I believe, the Spanish flu, um, exactly. if it, it, then it would be a complete shutdown. Right now, although it's slowed down, but a lot of people can do a lot of things still remotely, especially office jobs. Exactly. Because, yeah, we, if you need to go to a meeting, just open Zoom, Skype, whatever. Uh, if you need to do whatever you need to do, you have internet, you have computers, no problems. So it seems to me, again, intuitively, that we have a better infrastructure to deal with this. Is that is that a correct, correct assumption? 
Absolutely, it is correct assumption because right now people are not comparing this with like you know the flu pandemic uh, of the twenty early twentieth century. You see, the world today is much more advanced than ever, and now we have the internet. This means we have the ability to reach everyone. Now, not all business transactions are about us reaching others because yeah. in reality, still a lot of things still requires us to be face to face, and mm -hmm. there are physical transactions as well as you know other types of uh, basically physical work. However. A lot of the things right now can be done that in the past could not be done. You can now sit at home and order everything online. You can be in touch with all of your colleagues. You can send emails, go on Skype, have a meeting. And this allows us to somehow stay focused on uh, getting the job done. This means that there's no excuse now for anyone to say, well, I'm going to be at home. So I'm going to just waste my time. No. Now. We do have the option to work, especially a majority, you know, the majority of works that we tend to do in the office environment now can also be done online. There's no difference, really. Right. Uh, however, this is not about all businesses. And as we know, businesses are linked to each other because not everybody works at the office. And those who are working as, let's say, uh, flight attendants, those who are working as, uh, let's say, waiters, and waitresses, those who work in entertainment business, those who work in tourist industry and all these things. So they will definitely some problems and these people have perhaps families so their families also will be you know affected by this one and this gradually uh, affects the whole society so because of this we have to understand that this is not going to be as se severe as the last one but at the same time there are always ways around this matter and as you point out yourself we can naturally use the power of the internet to minimize the damage caused by this crisis yeah and so how uh, again so this uh, we, we we talked about some some benefits that this era has done before but okay now i uh, in, in a big system, how would you see, um, again, I'm not talking about individuals, big systems, how would you see um, uh, uh, governments or uh, officials go about fixing this problem? How, well, what are the first steps usually and especially in this case? That's right. Well, when it comes to, you know, the world economy, unfortunately, you have to understand that different governments have different policies and priorities. And that will then uh, change basically how they will address such economic crises. So, for example, right now, uh, a lot of those so-called socialistic company, uh, countries where they tend to offer a lot of social benefits to their citizens, namely Finland, Sweden, Denmark, and such countries, well, probably their citizens are not going to be affected so much because they will keep receiving the benefits from the governments and they can go through it a lot easier. On the other hand, those who live in capitalistic nations, they will definitely face a lot more problems. So because of this issue, I think that this economic crisis will affect those nations who are less regulated and have a freer enterprise and market. So be it the United States, be it, for example, countries in the Middle East, they tend to focus a lot on, uh, let's say, oil and other transactions. So in such countries, they are going to have a lot of problems because now all of a sudden the demand for all the product is down and the business environment is down. So if you're, let's say, in the uh, uh, Netherlands, you don't care so much about the world economy because there's so many social security available for you that you simply don't care. But if you are, let's say, in America, you will have a problem because uh, the way the economy works determines how much you get hired because most of our jobs are created in such systems by individual entrepreneurs and they will have to then create the business and work it. And if there is no money and there's no profit and there's no demand for it, of course, people are going to lose their jobs and social support on a massive scale. So I think in this situation, I think the best approach any government can make is to take a more liberal left approach and create a lot of social subsidies available for the citizens. Now, that's going to be a little bit tough, especially for those you know countries that are not used to it. But in reality, 
taking a more socialistic approach here in this particular situation will work, which is exactly what happened right now. So in the U.S., for example, people are going to be handed cash. Like, literally, if you're unemployed, you will get about 1200 per person. If you are, of course, married, the number goes up. If you have kids, you're going to get initial fees for that as well. So such things are quite required. And the countries that fail to take these measures will obviously have a lot of problems down the line. And because of this, they will face with major economic disruptions. And for this reason, I believe that the most uh, basically reliable approach, at least temporarily, for let's say for the next six months to one year, is for most governments to focus on uh, creating subsidies available for their citizens and moving towards a more socialistic path. Because in reality, in a free market enterprise system right now, anyone who is involved with it will be hurt. Now, there are some lucky winners, those companies that sell masks, for example, or let's say online companies who offer online services that are now very popular, they are the few winners, but the majority are going to be hit. And because of this, it is much better for the governments to take care of those uh, who are going to be hit the most. And those are oftentimes the most vulnerable sectors of the economy, which is the middle class and the lower middle class. And once you find and uh, take a path that is more socialistic, this is definitely going to help uh, you know, the country recover, which is why after this happened now, all of a sudden, the chances of, let's say, the left in the United States to win at the election is actually much higher now. Because right now, people need more socialism, more uh, government, uh, basically, intervention, more social support. And this, of course, uh, is going to favor a leftist party for elections. But in reality, this situation now it demands a more socialistic approach for all people and all governments, basically. Makes a lot of sense. Now, you mentioned the social. So one aspect that I heard brought up a lot, a lot, especially uh, with respect to social, more socialist with social benefit countries such as Finland, Sweden, etc. So That's right. now, one of the questions I have heard uh, mentioned a lot is that, OK, where are you going to fund all of this if this thing carries out more than one month or two months? Uh, if this if this thing carries out for a handful of months, rather, uh, because at at some point, like you, you're gonna run out of money. Money comes from somewhere. So are these are are these infinite, limited? How, how does that work? Of course not. As you probably know about basic economics, it is not possible for a government to just start printing money. Or of course, in the modern world, governments really don't print money. They just you know it's all virtually created in the central banks because there's not like uh, the majority of cash in the world right now today. Uh, basically is actually digital and virtual and not actual paper money. But governments can start doing that and they can literally create as, as happened right now. So the U.S. government just created a stimulus package of $2 trillion. This means that the U.S. government literally pressed a button and created $2 trillion out of thin air. Now, this obviously is not necessarily very good because in the long term, they will need the support of the people to pay it back at some point. So this is just a temporary solution. We call it a stimulus package to allow the people to stay in shape, allow the businesses to remain uh, their own, basically somehow uh, functional and not uh, go bankrupt so that by the time the crisis is over, these guys can now survive. So the economic activities will return back to normal. And this allows them to actually hopefully uh, generate profit. And from that profit, they pay the taxes and the money returns to the system. So this is basically a government making a bet and taking a risk. Now, obviously, not all risks pay off. And maybe this $2 trillion, uh, basically, uh, dollars of uh, stimulus package will actually end up working. But if the crisis tends to be prolonged and lasts for years, all of a sudden, that's not going to work out. 
which is why I believe that, yes, you can create this you know, uh, economic incentives for the people, but in reality, this is not going to necessarily be a guarantee, which is why we need to also focus on personal uh, finance decisions so that we can protect ourselves as individuals, because relying solely on the government to actually uh, pay, you know, pay you some cash to survive or to protect your business is not a very smart strategy, because in the end, this is just a bet that is, uh, the governments are taking to protect their economies temporarily. And if they fail, so do you. And that's why we also need a personal finance strategy to protect ourselves in times of crisis. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. Now, before I move on to individuals, um, uh, course of action, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people are waiting for, uh, I'm going to ask one question. So, I, I, I'm, I've been reading a few headlines for the past couple of days that uh, China's economy is kind of collapsing. How much truth is in that, and how how, how do you read that? Those, well, first uh, of all, as you probably know, I already work with China, and uh, I think that China Precisely. has great potential, yeah. obviously. But uh, well, let's be honest, China. Needs to sell its products to the other world, and it relies on cheap labor to create the you know the optimal conditions. But unfortunately, when a nation relies predominantly on manufacturing to survive, and that's exactly what the Chinese economy is all about. So the Chinese economy focused mainly on manufacturing. Call it the world's factory, if you will. Not a good terminology, and not good for the people of China, but that's the reality. So. When a nation predominantly relies on manufacturing goods and, serve, you know, and sending them to other countries, obviously, in a case like this, the demand will come down. And lower demand means what? The prices keep coming down, the basic laws of supply and demand in simple economics. And that means profitability comes down, there's less profit, and eventually you will have problems. So is China in trouble? Yes, China is, of course. But will that last forever? I highly doubt it because... China's been positioned, you know, in this, uh, you know, uh, regard. So probably after the crisis is over, they will get back together. And since it's a communistic, you know, regime, uh, it's the Republic of China, generally they can actually go through with it because they have full control of the economy. Uh, and I doubt that China will be uh, problematic in this case. I don't think that China will be hurt. I'm sure the U.S. will be hurt a lot more than China because it's a free market enterprise. And because of that, the U.S. will be a lot hurt, uh, in a lot more compared to the China. But right now, are things difficult for China? Of course they are, because they rely mainly on manufacturing. Also, many countries that rely on, let's say, oil are also suffering. Namely, I'm currently in Moscow. So Russia is right now. Uh, I, it was pretty funny. When I landed in this country, uh, each dollar was priced 63 rubles. As of today, it's close to 80. This is a very, very massive drop in value wow. in less than a month and a half. This means that the country right now is experiencing major crisis. Now, the same thing right now is happening to Saudi Arabia and many other, uh, basically, members of OPEC, because now there is no OPEC, there is no agreement, which means all countries can pump as much oil as they can. And because of this, we're going to see a major disruption in the economies of those countries that uh, you know rely mainly on uh, the sales of oil or gas or other types of energy to make a living. So ultimately, China is down because they rely mainly on manufacturing. Uh, all the oil countries are down because they want to sell oil and there's no demand because people are not using oil as much. The majority of oil is used for fuel and people are not moving around as much. So these countries are going to go down, of course, temporarily. Then we have China, the U.S. obviously going to go down. So we are now seeing what we call a global crisis. And I, because of the fact that it's a global crisis, I don't think that uh, a governmental approach here will be sufficient, which is why we definitely have to focus on personal finance as a means of protecting the individuals and individual business owners. 
Very interesting. Now, with that segue, let's go to actually individuals. Um, so two types of individuals, one, very, very broadly speaking, one is the one who are employed by others and the one who are entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, small scale, mostly we're talking, small That's businesses. Right. Um, now, what are your, so you can tackle them separately, Camille, uh, together, up to you. How, how what right. are your advice for those kind of people? Well, uh, since we don't have a lot of time to cover this in depth, because it could be like, you know, an entire seminar on its own, basically on personal finance, yeah. but we're going to focus on the main aspects. And the, the main things here, basically, for both individuals who are employees and those who have their own businesses is understanding the basic fundamentals of what we call anti-crisis strategy. So when a crisis happens, what are the common trends in the marketplace? Number one, people start, uh, stop you know, believing in the future. You see, everything that creates value in the marketplace that is not a basic commodity is based on the trust which is why the word trust is very important in business and finance. So when people see a grim reality, their trust in the future comes down. All economic development, including uh, credit, including uh, uh, loans, uh, including stocks, including bonds, all major economic growth takes place when individuals have a trust in the future. Now, whenever an economic crisis happens, that trust disappears. And with it, so does all those uh, basically things that we uh, thought will create value, be it assets of all kinds, be it uh, shares, stocks, bonds, and any other types of basically uh, source of value that uh, gradually goes up over time because people suddenly panic and they don't like, they think like the world has come to an end. It's like human nature because that's really what we do. Like when things are going well, we assume things will continue to go well, which is why we simply spend all that we earn. You say, oh, well, I just spent all my money, but who cares? I'm going to get another fat paycheck next month. No, you won't. Because when things are going well, the smart are already preparing for the next crisis. The, the, you know, the masses of people, when things are great, what do they do? They, get a lot, they spend a lot of money on things they don't need. And then guess what? They have no savings and they have no what we call delta in, in, in finance. So because they assume that things will keep going better and things are going to keep you know, going like this. But the smart people, they are already preparing for the worst. So when everybody is getting credit to buy an iPhone or to waste money on things they don't need or to travel over Europe while working you know, in very simple jobs, you say, well, check this out. I'm traveling all over Europe. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty rich. Well, what's your job? Well, I don't have a job. Just got it on credit. Thank you very much. So when this happens, people somehow uh, stop caring about the future. And the same people who in good times assumed things will be great and did not save anything for a rainy day will be the people who panic and think that when things are bad, they will keep remaining as bad. That's not the case. Business, life, Finance and economics is a seasonal process. So there are seasons. There's the spring, there's the summer, there's the fall, there's the winter. And now, unfortunately, we're going through a very, very cold and dreary winter. But this winter is not going to last forever. A spring is on the horizon. We'll be there. But the problem is people who are in second situation do not see that. And that oftentimes means they get upset and they stop taking you know, action. So the best way to prepare yourself for any economic crisis is to not put all of your stocks and your hopes in the future that is great and to have what we call 
a uh, security bucket. So in the field of personal finance, we have three types of buckets. We call it security bucket. That is the, the amount of money or things you've saved for difficult situations like today. Then we have growth bucket. The money that you invest for major return, let's say you're buying stocks of Google and Apple. And then we have the dream bucket, the money that you save for the cool stuff. I don't know, maybe you'll really like a Rolls Royce. Maybe you want to have a private jet or all those things. That's the dream bucket. And guess what happens? When people get their money, what do you think they spend their money on first? Can you guess, Pujix? From which bucket they put their money in first? Let's say they have a fat paycheck. Like, man, I got a bonus. Got $30,000 in my, in my bank account right now. What do you think they will spend that money on? Dreams come true? Absolutely. They go for the dream bucket. They just use that 30000 to get a Lamborghini on credit. Assuming that, oh, yeah, baby, I'm going to pay this in a couple of years. I got my Lamborghini, baby. And that's exactly what they do wrong. Because the right decision is whenever you get your paycheck, you first want to fill the security bucket. Security bucket is the money you need for times of crisis. Crises are regular events. The COVID-19 economic crisis is not the first economic crisis, and it will not be the last. But unfortunately, most people don't understand that. So now they assume things are going to be very bad, so they panic and they worry, they lose their job, and they lose probably a year worth of growth and education and development. The economy gets better after about a year or so. What do they think they'll do? They think, well, things are good. They're going to be good forever. And they keep going back to the same routine of spending more than they earn via credit and then getting more and more under debt and not being prepared for the next crisis that will come after the coronavirus crisis. Guys, crises are just a natural part of all life, all forms of life, not just in economy or business or politics. It's everywhere. So because of this, the first thing you can do to prepare yourself for an economic crisis is to have that long-term perspective. And from your income, you want to fill the security bucket first. Now, what is security bucket? The security bucket is anything that is liquid. So if you have your money in, let's say, stocks, that's not a liquid asset. Because in order for you, if things go wrong, first of all, the stocks will drop immediately. As we saw, the Dow Jones Industrial Average just came down. We saw the stock market. Uh, the NASDAQ and all those things, like they're all coming down immediately. So when things are going bad, you can't sell your stock because nobody's going to buy your stock because everybody has you know, lost their hope in the future. So a good security bucket is something that you can actually sell immediately. So what is that? Cash. That's right. I really believe that people are not putting enough money in cash. And one of the things I disagree with one of my teachers, his name is uh, Grant Cardone, he says, trash is cash and cash is trash. I disagree. This is not true. In such crises uh, that we see right now, only cash is going to sell you. And what is cash? Cash is savings or banked deposits. We call them CDs, certificate of deposits, that allow you to save liquid assets in times of difficulty. That's the first important thing. Most people simply don't do that, which is why they're not prepared for an economic crisis. Secondly are very safe investments, bonds, gold, and these things. Should prepare for a crisis in advance, you're saying, well, damn, I'm right now out in the ocean and, the, and there's heavy storm and there's rain. Well, why are you in the middle of the ocean? Where's your boat? Where's your security? So unfortunately, if you want me, Poochix, now to tell our listeners what they can do right now to save themselves, I'm sorry, guys, it's too late. The storm's already here and you have failed to prepare a shelter for yourself. I'm sorry, the storm is here. You're gonna get wet. 
You don't have a cottage. You don't have a place to save yourself. However, while it's going to be very hard, please learn this lesson and apply it for the next crisis. Because I promise you, as sure as there's uh, basically uh, sun and there's a moon in the earth, we are going to see another crisis. What could be in the next five years, could be in the next 10 years. This is a life is cyclical. Business is cyclical. The crisis will come. So the time to get ready, the time to have gotten ready for today's crisis, which is the COVID-19 uh, coronavirus crisis, what is not today. It was three years ago. It was four years ago. It was four years ago when you got that promotion at your work, got the money, and went and immediately bought a new iPhone. Instead of taking that money, saving it in a good account with a small interest rate to protect yourself for today. You see, today is April 1st as of recording this recording right now. A lot of people are now supposed to pay their rents. How are you going to pay your rent if you have not saved cash for today? Which is why it's super important to start filling your security bucket for those rainy days that will definitely arrive in the future. That's number one that people can do for their you know, economic crisis. Number two, it's about their psychology. You see, in tough times, the worst thing we can do is to get panicked and make decisions. So ultimately, trying to strengthen our relationships with our loved ones, our family members, this is going to allow us to go through the storm a lot easier. You don't have to do it by yourself, guys. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You can ask for help. You can join the because whatever problem you have right now, economically and financially, the chances are millions, if not billions of other people are experiencing, which is why you want to reach out. That's also very, very important. And the third one is remaining hopeful. Please understand that this economic crisis will definitely end like all the others. Huh. But don't worry, before long, you'll have another crisis. So next time, once you get out of this crisis as an individual, please start filling the security bucket. Spend less than you earn, take that money, and leave most of it in a very safe way. You do not have to start, you know, speculating. You don't have to go on a stock and buy, you know, junk, for example, bonds. Instead, invest your money very conservatively and very safely for the next, basically, economic crisis. That's for the individuals. As for entrepreneurs and business owners, they also should prepare themselves for this situation. I mean, the things I told you about right now for individuals, it also applies to businesses because for businesses, they also should not be fully just consumed with growth. I know a lot of business owners who are, their number one target is to have more staff. They want more staff. Let me add more staff. And this is, of course, a huge risk because when you put all of your uh, basically stocks in growing the business and having more staff and reaching more clients, you're also simultaneously making yourself more vulnerable. So I really believe that if for businesses, they want to take the same approach. They want to take their income and then create a safety net for these moments. How can you pay your salary? One of my friends, he's a business owner, calls him and says, Dan, I'm really in trouble. I say, what's going on? He says, right now, they said we should pay our staff, but they're not working. How am I supposed to pay them when they're not working? And guess what? This is exactly what's happened right now. So for the business owners, they also need to create the same situation where they are uh, creating that safety bucket so that in these tough moments, they don't have to lay off their staffs. Because understand, it is hard to find good staff. It's hard to find talented individuals who work very well. And guess what? For those businesses who did not basically have enough savings, now they got to let go of those great, talented individuals and they probably cannot find them because once the economic crisis is over, these guys are probably going to go and find a better company because now they're more experienced than they were when they started working with you. 
So guess what? Once this crisis is over, those people that you laid off, guess where are you going to work? They're going to work with your competitor and they're going to make that company go up and you will go down, which is why what I mentioned applies to both individuals and to businesses. Excellent. I think this episode was quite informative, amazing um, subject, obviously not in a good way necessarily, but it is an interesting and, a, and, and thanks, thanks for the information. Do you have, so we're coming to the end of the show and I want to give you a time that if you want to add on something that we missed and we didn't talk about yet. That's right. Well, first of all, I'm going to thank you so much for this great topic. And right now, a lot of our listeners around the world are extremely concerned about their finances. So guys, we mentioned that you are going to get hurt. That's normal. It's the storm. But at the same time, you heard that you can make a difference. So once you go through the storm, with the help of your government, with the help of your friends, or with your savings, please understand that this is not by any means the last economic crisis that you will face. So please learn the basic concepts. So what do we say? We said you want to create a lifestyle where you are putting more money first in your security bucket. Second, in your growth bucket. And third, in your uh, basically uh, dream bucket. So when a young teenager gets her first paycheck, what do you think she's going to do first? Well, I want to buy an iPhone. Well, I'm sorry. With such, if, if your whole monthly salary equals the amount of one iPhone, then I'm sorry. This is a huge mistake. You're not supposed to buy an iPhone. Instead, you got to take that money and start saving a little bit, maybe $200 a month. $300 a month and keep that so that you will have your basic, uh, basically, you know, uh, security bucket filled. Secondly, again, you do not put, I mean, I'm using a very simple example. So for, let's say for an entrepreneur, maybe their dream is like, I don't know, I don't know, an exotic uh, garage full of, you know, luxury cars or, you know, private jets. But we're listening to, you know, a lot of our listeners who are simple, you know, they just got a job. They're very young. So let's say for an entrepreneur, maybe a, a dream thing is like, I don't know, uh, let's say a private jet. But for a simple college graduate who just got his first job, maybe that dream is like the latest iPhone, all right? But I'm sorry, you're making a huge mistake when you get all your money and guess what? Spend it all on that uh, basically uh, dream bucket. You need to first create security. So first you put your money in some save, you know, just, you just save money just for the, you know, a very tough day. And then you focus on growth. What is growth? Growth is stocks. Growth is bonds. It means you literally use your discipline and willpower, you resist the temptation to spend your money on a new iPhone, and instead, you put that money in first savings for, for, for a rainy day, and then you also buy a stock. So in, if you do this for a while, eventually, on a day like this, you will not panic, because you say, well, I already got my you know, uh, security bucket, and your security bucket will protect you throughout the storm, because no storm lasts forever. And for those who have that shelter, they don't even get wet. I know a lot of people who are right now extremely scared and they are worried how the hell are they going to make their you know, rents made. Today, a lot of households around America, they're going to make the payment for their, uh, for their rent. And many of them have no clue where to get that money. Why? Because they failed to make that shelter. On the other hand, many Americans, they're not a lot, they're the minority of them. They are the elite perhaps, but many of them now, they don't worry at all because they have already protected themselves with that shelter and they can go through with this. So because of this, we already mentioned that if you want to take, you know, your financial life to the next level, 
focus on first economic, basically security, which is the security bucket, then the growth bucket, and finally the dream bucket. And of course, we address the issue of economic prosperity from a, you know, from a governmental perspective. And we mentioned that in such tough times, it is best for governments to actually take a more left approach and start uh, subsidizing you know, their citizens, offering benefits and helping them with you know, handouts and cash because that's exactly what they need. Excellent. And with that, we come to the end of the show. Thank you, Dan, as always. My pleasure, buddy. And thank you all for tuning in. I hope this episode was informative to you. It definitely was to me. And until a later episode, have a good one.